0: With the power of Tandem HR, you are in the fast lane on Main Street with Get Down to Business with Shalom Klein, the show for business and jobs now. The champion of networking, the advocate of jobs,
1: the guru of business, your host, Shalom Klein. Hey, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You are on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. We are powered by our good friends at TanDEM HR, your solution center. Check them out online TandemHR.com or give them a call 630-928-0510. So we've got a jam-packed lineup of guests. I don't want to wait around for it because we've got some great guests here in studio as well as some guests calling in. Uh, Lots of great conversations. First up on the program is my good friend Justin Breen, who really has an epic story to tell about his adventures in entrepreneurship. And he's working with some very interesting clients through his new firm. Justin Breen, welcome to the program. Shalom, shalom. How are you? I <laughs> can't say that's the first time I've heard that, but I am fantastic. It's always a joy to have interesting entrepreneurs on the program. Justin, before we talk about what you do, I want to talk about your story. Uh, tell us a little bit about your adventure. Uh, the uh, And that those are the words that Robert Feeder, the fantastic media blogger, said, is that Justin Breen leaves DNA info for a new adventure. What is that adventure all about?
2: Yeah, so I started my own uh, PR firm, Brepit Communications, LLC, Incorporated, April 16th. Uh, The Feeder article came out in early June, and it's been full steam ahead since. Uh, signed the Allstate Foundation to a a really great deal and uh, have just been working with some amazing clients. And it's been so exciting uh, seeing the world on this side of things as opposed to mainstream media
1: for Epic Communications, um, and you really are doing an epic job at helping small business owners uh, tell their story because we know that uh, from this program, we know that so many business owners struggle with how to articulate what they do. They do their job so well, but they have trouble articulating it. So tell, I mean, the Allstate, Founda- the Allstate Foundation is, is a fantastic example of a of a bigger business that, that you're working with uh, organization Tell us a little bit about the specifics of, of what you
2: do uh, to tell their story. So it's really interesting. And, and what I do uh, with the Allstate Foundation is similar to uh, what I'm doing with other clients is basically they have a need to get their stories out. And a lot of companies, whether it's a giant like Allstate or if it's a small business, they don't have the bandwidth to find really interesting, compelling stories, and if they do have that, then they don't have the media context that I have. So what I do is I create really interesting stories, and then I'm able to market that to my sources throughout the country. So it's been really interesting to see it work with big places like Allstate, but smaller restaurants, law firms, education companies. It doesn't really matter. As long as there's a good story to tell, it works.
1: Justin, how does your background as a former editor, how does that help you in your new journey as a PR man?
2: Really good question. So, and a lot of people have asked me that. My job almost has not changed at all, um, with the exception of there's a little bit of client information put into each story. So when I was at DNA, I was the third person hired there. And so uh, we took that startup mentality to build to uh, DNA Info Chicago to an amazing organization uh, Organization, and so while I was there, I would write stories, and then I would actually, after they were published, and usually they were uh, exclusives and/or broke the story first, I would share those stories, uh, pitch them to other media, not knowing that I was going to actually have a PR firm, but uh, I didn't care sending it out to other other media sources because I thought, hey, it would be a good way to get DNA info. Uh, on TV, on the radio, wherever in you know, sourced in the Chicago Tribune. So basically, that's what I've I've done now, and in doing it well.
1: So as an editor, uh, it's all about the headlines, right? It's all about coming up with a catchy story, and so that's what you're doing now on your website. And of course, we'll be sure to share uh, contact information for the epic and great uh, Justin Breen so people can learn a little bit about uh, how they can work with you. But uh, one of the things that you say is that you help business brands craft clicky stories. So I want to pick your brain for a moment. Let's talk about what do, you, what do you see businesses doing that just isn't working? We're all on Facebook. We, we're, we're all all over the place. We're inundated with information. Yep. What do you see the good guys do that others are not?
2: So the biggest mistake that businesses are making is, especially from a media campaign, is sending out press releases. I can say from my end, uh, when I was a journalist, you would get 200 to 300 of these emails a day. Uh, and basically, it's just delete, 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 delete. And so um, that that's what the biggest mistake is. So instead of that, what I've done is I've said, okay, let's write an actual story where it can appear on your website and then individually mark it to People that you have a relationship with so it's not just a mass email that from my end it, like I said I would just delete it and that's a, a major mistake that businesses are making interesting so spotlight
1: uh, uh, another uh, client of yours tell us a little bit about some of the things that really gets you going you're an entrepreneur like the rest of us you're getting up every day and you're pounding the pavement yep. what what energizes you and keeps you in this world of entrepreneurship
2: well, I'll tell you, uh, the motivation is I have a, uh, a wonderful wife and a four-year-old and three-year-old, both boys. So that's my motivation. And believe me, that's I'm, I'm not kidding about that. So my motivation is for them to have a good life. And, uh, you know, I take that into every day, every time I wake up. But in terms of business-wise, I just really like doing this. I mean, it's really exciting. You know, if you get 19 no's from people, but the 20th company is a yes, that's super exciting. And, uh entrepreneurship, there are a lot of highs, there are a lot of lows, you have got to stay focused on the task at hand. And really, with this company, it's been amazing, because it actually works what I'm doing. So you have a plan, you say, okay, this is what you're going to tell people, and this is how it's going to work. And then it actually does happen where you see your clients in the Chicago Tribune, or the Sun-Times, or on Patch, or in DNA Food New York, or, you know, wherever it is around the country. It's just been really awesome to have that success Uh, be proven and it's been awesome
1: Uh, fascinating so you enjoy that gratification in a way uh, of being in a small business in a way that perhaps in a larger organization it it took a little bit longer you're you're part of a a larger system uh, which is interesting and I know of course on your website you you profile a lot of different businesses you call them partners which I love that term uh, Justin, you're. I, I you you just uh, mentioned your uh, your wife and your family, and I know that they've been incredibly supportive of the work that you've been doing. And indeed, they call it building a business for a reason. It is hard work. What is something about being in business that you uh, that that you didn't expect?
2: Wow, <laughs> just one thing. <laughs> just one thing. Every single day is, uh, <laughs> I learn something new. Honestly, I'm not kidding. But. Um, You know, it's uh, every day is a hustle. I mean, honestly, that's something I didn't necessarily expect is that if you're going to do well in this type of thing, you really can't take a day off. And, uh, you know, I think the folks who are really close to me, they're starting to understand that, listen, like this is a 24-7 type of thing. And yes, there might be days where you work three or four hours, but there are going to be days where you're working 12, 14 hours. And really, you just can't. I mean, I was like this at DNA Info, too. I really didn't take days off there, but. And on this side of things, you really just have to think constantly about how you're going to build your brand, how you're going to help your clients and, and things like that.
1: Interesting. So, uh, Justin, I know that you're not exclusively focused on, for example, social media or blogging. Right. You really, uh, what Rapid Communications has done, is really uh, utilizing every platform that mm-hmm. can be beneficial to uh, to businesses and to clients. But If you don't mind, share for some of our entrepreneurs one of the most underutilized or what you might view as a developing platform that if business owners are not utilizing yet, that you would recommend that they get on.
2: Well, for sure, they need to find stories that are clicky. So I did mention the press release thing, but what a lot of these folks, uh, businesses, or the PR firms that even work for the businesses, they think uh, something great happened at the company is a great story. But honestly, for the most part, the general public doesn't care about that. So what you have to find is a really compelling story inside the company or someone who works at the company or someone who's helped the company, and then tie in that interesting information about the company into the story, and then you can get that information out there. But So the people have to think outside the box in terms of, oh, it's great for our company, but does the general public really care about it? And for the most part, most of the time, the general public does not care. So you have to kind of work your way into that.
1: Fascinating advice, information on marketing, on press releases, on on getting, as you said, uh, the clicky stories out there. Because every business does have those clicky stories. Mm -hmm. They just often don't know how to tell that story. So uh, finally, before we share your contact information, Justin, a serious question. Are you drinking more coffee now than you were
2: before? I am. That is a good, uh, you know, very good question. I just got my Starbucks Gold Card in the mail uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, that was my official stamp of approval that I'm a small business owner.
1: Absolutely, business cards don't mean anything. It's the Starbucks Gold Card. So, Justin <laughs> Brine of Brepic Communications, uh, we appreciate the advice information. Uh, and uh, certainly we'll have your clients on to, to share their story. Really, really interesting. Justin, how can our listeners get a hold of you if they, they want to learn more?
2: Well, sure. Uh, you can go to my Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash brepic. That's B-R-E-P-I-C. Or you can go to my main website, which is brepicllc.com.
1: Fantastic. And we've got about 15 seconds remaining. Um, where's the, where's the uh, title or the name of the business
2: from? So my last name is Breen, and epic is the most overused word in my vocabulary. So it's basically my way of uh, really using that word as much as possible. I think
1: when you get on uh, Justin's uh, Facebook page, I think <laughs> you'll, under, you'll see that word quite a bit. Justin Breen, Brad Pitt Communications, we appreciate your time on the program. Coming up after the break, we've got James McCormick talking to us. More advice and information on small business. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. That song was our last guest, Justin Breen's uh, pick. Uh, So uh, thanks, Justin, for joining us on the show. Our next guest, Army Captain James McCormick, a highly decorated veteran of Operations Desert Storm and Iraqi Freedom, says that government officials at every level have to consider how their decisions on energy policy are impacting U.S. National Security. Captain McCormick, thank you so much for joining us on Get Down to Business. It's an honor to have you.
3: Hey, thanks for having me, and uh, it's an honor to be on here.
1: Absolutely. So you are the volunteer program director uh, for Vets for Energy, which is an association of volunteer military veterans that are, that advocate for energy security to sustain national security. And this is, an, this is an issue that's so important for economic development, for small business development, for entrepreneurship Captain McCormick, why are you so passionate about, about this? And tell us a little bit about the uh, the upcoming study on the economic benefits of petroleum products.
3: Well, uh, I'll tell you, the, the passion comes from, you know, serving 22 years and, and spending, you know, several months and, uh, you know, over two years of my life in the Middle East. Um, and I'm going to tell you something, the, the fact that we've, allowed ourselves to become overly dependent on foreign energy sources and other resources as well, has really hurt America in in a lot of ways. And I I say that because it's hurt us because it's forced us to to take action in countries that we we most likely would not have taken action in. Um, It's hurt us in the fact that small business development, down to even the most minute level, um, uh, was injured by that. Now, we've seen some recovery. And we've started to see some bounce back. Um, We're we're really at a position right now. We're very close to being fully energy independent in America. Now, we have a ways to go. Um, But when we do that, we see things like the study that you're you're asking about. Over 10 million jobs are supported by the gas and oil industry right now. Now, uh, when you look at that, we look at direct influence jobs. But I'm here to tell you there's a lot of other jobs. Uh, that we're not really looking at you know for instance um you know when we talk about uh, feeding these people i have a friend that owns a hotel uh in in a in a location in west virginia and when the natural gas industry came there i mean before that he would have a hard time he'd almost have to give rooms away and now that he has the gas industry coming in there and working you know his hotel room is full and so that small business is prospering greatly because of the move forward and the march forward.
1: So, Captain McCormick, if if, if if I may, uh, I know you, uh, sure, yeah. you 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 reside, as you mentioned, West Virginia, and you have a beautiful family of, of eight children. So, certainly, you're looking yeah. out for the future of your family as well as uh, those of your neighbors in West Virginia and uh, and 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 our nation as a whole. And you certainly have done that our through nation. your. Yes through your service, um, and, and we appreciate that. But you're also, right now, there's so many discussions that are going on on a national level about where we can and should intervene. And I'm curious how you think that this discussion of mm-hmm. foreign sources of energy and the imports that we are making – from other nations and from other regions around the world, how you, how you think and how, you know, I should say how, you know, that it plays into that discussion of where do we get involved militarily?
3: Well, I'll tell you the, the fact that there has been a, uh, consistent backdoor funding of terrorism through, um, foreign energy purchases, that's not unheard of. And it's definitely not a secret, um, you know anyone that really has watched this for a while has seen that, and that proof exists um, that shows that organizations like Al Qaeda, ISIS, um, and, and different terrorist organizations, primarily that uh, that work within these Middle Eastern countries that have access to some of these oil supplies, you know, they are benefiting from this, and they benefit because, unfortunately, when money leaves America and enters into Europe, and then it leaves the European banking system. And, and falls into another dark place, we don't know exactly where the money goes. And a lot of folks say, well, you know, maybe it's only a half a penny a year or a week. And I said, well, you multiply that by 300 million people in America. And, and let me tell you, that's a lot of money. Um, when we start looking at how that affects our decisions, you know, when uh, when we are there already, now we're already there, you know, there's definitely... Uh, you know we're going to be there for the long haul. It appears, but you know there is an opportunity for us to become totally energy independent in America, to where at least we're not aiding and funding and paying for the people that are fighting against us. And I don't think people understand how right. that all comes
1: together. Right. And let's talk about the economic impacts over here. I know that again, you are the uh, you are the uh, volunteer program director. For vets, for energy, and and certainly we have a uh, we have a debt of gratitude, and we have a uh, we have a commitment to the uh, to the veterans. And I know that there's a statistic that's out there that there's between 130 and 200,000 uh, veterans that are homeless in America on any given night, um, which represents between one fourth to one fifth of all homeless people. You are making the case that by investing in energy here and uh and, and and through everything that you're advocating for and of course we'll make sure to share that information that there's an opportunity for employment for an actual economic benefit to our country and to our veterans. Uh let's talk about that. Let's talk about those numbers. Let's talk about yeah. how uh how this uh this decision will bring jobs and help small businesses. Well,
3: absolutely. Let me tell you there's uh, let, let's just break it down to the homeless uh, discussion first. And I've worked with homeless veterans uh, for a number of years. I do a uh, program with uh, agriculture in which um, uh, we help veterans become farmers. And, and the uh, you know, the impact of that has been great. The other thing that we do is we help them to get jobs in the energy sector. Um, and it's not just homeless veterans. It's, it's veterans of all of all time periods and of all, you know, economical, uh, you know, situations. But the point is, is that when you provide the opportunity for employment, especially to our veterans, and you give them that opportunity over what I call a free ride, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, poverty, you know, they're going to take the opportunity at working in a career that can make 60 70 80 or even $100,000 a year. I mean, and you think about, you know, you multiply one point, you, know, you got 10 million people out there that are currently empo- employed right now uh, because of the gas and oil industry. You multiply all of those salaries and all of that money that is fluctuating and moving within the country. Now, we, we've seen an improvement already, but we can see a bigger improvement if we just make the right decisions. Small business development, which I'm a small business owner, and and I can tell you that uh, the farm that we own, the shop that I own, uh, I just now bought a tea company, uh, which uh, you'll hear about it later, Warrior Tea Company. Let me tell you, the, the condition of the economy in West Virginia has been very bad, but my businesses do not suffer because I'm in an area where we are having an energy boom. So a lot of folks that are here in this part of the state, they actually have the sixty-five the $75, to seventy-five thousand dollar to a hundred thousand dollar a year job, so they can afford to buy things and they can afford to invest in things. So we don't think about how does you know a tea company get impacted by uh, you know a pipeline going in in northern West Virginia, but let me tell you something: it makes a tremendous impact.
1: So, Captain, Captain McCormick, we are yeah. running out of time, and I appreciate all Sorry. that all that you're doing. And certainly, I, I will take you up on that offer to talk about the uh, yeah. about Warrior Tea Company. Sounds fascinating, and uh, sounds exactly like the type of businesses that we like to promote and support here on Get Down to Business. Appreciate all that you're doing to advocate for uh, for energy for jobs, uh, helping veterans, such important issues. We are out of time. Uh, retired Captain James McCormick, uh, how can folks learn more about Vets for Energy and uh, all the research that you've uh, that you've uh, shared with our listeners?
3: Absolutely. You can look, at, look us up. Just type in Vets for Energy. You can type it in B-E-T-S, the number 4, VET F-O-R, however you type it in, Vets4Energy.com. Um, you should be able to pull up our website. You'll find that we have a uh, a military pipeline site that also helps you to build your resume, talks about jobs in the industry. You know, we're really trying hard to get people employed and really trying hard, you know, to to send out that message that energy independence does equal a stronger national security.
1: Fantastic. Well, we appreciate your service. We appreciate what you're doing and your advocacy. uh, And we'll be sure to follow your progress as well. Coming up after the break, we've got more tips and advice. Uh, more tips, advice, and information on small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We'll be chatting with Edward Boland, the President and CEO of the National Business Aviation Association, who tells us why privatizing air traffic control is not the right direction to go in. Get Down to Business is powered by TandemHR. HR. Check them out, TandemHR.com. We'll be right back after this quick break. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. We are the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship, and thrilled to be joined by Ed Bowen, the president and CEO of the National Business Aviation Association. Uh, Ed, welcome to Get Down to Business. I understand that uh, Captain Sully Sullenberger, the famous pilot who performed that heroic emergency landing of the U.S. Airways flight on the Hudson River, has been advocating on an issue about privatization of air traffic control. Ed, we appreciate being on, on the show to talk about this issue. Why does Captain Sullenberger, why is he so passionate about this, and what are your thoughts?
3: Oh, well, it's not just Captain Sullen, uh It's a whole group of people, consumers, general aviation groups, mayor, city council people from around the country, and, of course, Sully himself are all concerned about this uh, kind of uh, power grab by the nation's big airlines to try to take over control of our nation's air traffic system, Uh, basically move this public asset into uh, a private entity that they will effectively control. And I think a lot of people are very concerned about how the airlines will, uh, will operate if they have that kind of power.
1: So, Ed, you, uh, in, in your role, you are, uh, working on a lot of issues regarding, uh, regarding aviation, but you recently said that how, that, that the House Bill 2997 is the single greatest threat to the future of general aviation that we have mm-hmm. faced. And that's, th- right. that's a pretty staggering statement. Why, why, if it's so dangerous why i mean what's going on through the, in these members of congress's head that they are entertaining this and i know that this is something while so much else in congress is stalled this is something that has a real chance at actually moving along what what's what's the other argument like why why is this even a discussion
3: well i think it's uh an issue that's been mislabeled as privatization uh you know when i hear the word privatization i think a lot of us hear the word uh competition um uh, uh, innovation and so forth. But that's not really what we're talking about here. We're talking about a natural monopoly. The nation's air traffic control system is and always has been a monopoly. And so the question is, who's going to oversee that monopoly and whose interest are they going to run it in? And of course, the concern is, if you take this public asset away from the public's elected representatives and give it to special interest groups, they're going to run it for their own special interest.
1: Sure. And in and- Uh, It sounds like this is going to be packaged into uh, the FAA reauthorization, um, which uh, which means that perhaps the 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 comments of Captain Sully may not be taken into uh, complete consideration. But, Ed, we. All of us, all of our listeners, we we all travel all the time. I, I'm on planes every week. I was recently in San Francisco, and it was the day that I was in San Francisco that I heard about a uh, about a, a a near miss um, a, a, through air traffic control in San Francisco. We're all hearing these stories all the time, and it seems like it's happening more uh, frequently than ever before are you would you agree that some form of restructuring would be appropriate what do you think is going on in air traffic control and 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 the system right now that 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 is working well and what isn't working what changes would you propose
3: well first of all uh, no one should confuse privatization and modernization these are two separate and distinct issues uh although the airlines have tried to uh to mix them together a little bit. Uh, in terms of our nation's air traffic control system, the U.S. does operate the largest, the safest, the most efficient and the most diverse air transportation system in the world. But I think we can do better. I think we can do better by providing uh, more stable funding for the FAA, and there are certainly ways to do that. We also are leading the effort to modernize uh, the system uh, by transitioning to more digital communication, uh, satellite based navigation, which is very much on track. But I think it's worth noting uh, that a lot of our delays, the majority of our delays are caused by the airlines scheduling practices and weather. So uh, I, I think people need to temper their expectations about, uh, you know, where we're going to go in the future as long as we have airlines involved that continue with their scheduling practices that do not invest in their own technology. Um, that's going to be kind of the pacing item as we try to move forward.
1: Ed, we are quickly running out of time, but I'm curious if there's a system uh, globally that that you can point to that that you think we need to explore more carefully and possibly replicate here in the U.S.
3: Well, there have been uh, other parts of the world that have turned over their air traffic to uh, private entities. Uh, The United Kingdom has done it. Uh, They published a paper uh, a couple of weeks ago that said they're approaching a meltdown. Uh, In the past, they've needed bailouts. Germany uh, has had the government have to come back in and take over some towers. So I'm not sure looking to other countries is always the best way to go forward, especially if the U.S. has the largest and the safest and the most efficient uh, system in the world. But I do think there are steps we can take, and certainly you can expect... Uh, our community to be at the forefront of making that a reality.
1: So modernization is good, and, and certainly you're pointing to, uh, to systems that we should not follow, and that's uh, very important. And again, you have the, uh, you have the strong advocacy, advocacy and support of Captain Sully, uh, who, uh, who everybody has heard his story, and he's uh, strongly right. opposed to this. Ed Bolin, we appreciate you coming on the on show. Is there a website that uh, you would direct our listeners to if they want to learn more about the subject?
3: Yeah, it's called atcnotforsale.com. dot com. You can even see the Sully talking about it uh, if you go to the website
1: atcnotforsale.com. dot com. We appreciate you joining us, Ed Boland. Thank you so much. Coming up after the break, we got a real treat—a uh, real small business owner, a startup right here in the studio with us. Don't want to miss it, Chicago. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after this quick break. We love to spotlight entrepreneurs and their startup stories. That's why we've got Josh Levitt who, uh, we've, we've already had some fascinating business owners on, uh, on, on the program today. We started with Justin Reed of Rapid Communications and some great discussions. And there's been some really cool names of businesses. Josh Levitt of Zoku Vault. I-, I love it. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Thanks uh, Shalom. I I have some big
4: shoes to fill. Uh, some great guests so far and I think I'll I'll be talking to Justin after about some of his services. I think we could use them.
1: <laughs> well, it's awesome. You uh you have an interesting story and as as you heard me uh do this earlier with Justin. I'd love to hear your story about why you decided to uh to drop everything and start a business. Was it uh or you were in the shower one day and you were just daydreaming and you decided, what the heck, I've got nothing better to do. Time to start Zokuvault? Sure. I I wish it was that much of a straight line. Uh, I spent about 15 years
4: uh, uh, spending most of my time institutionally organizing uh, other information. And uh, when I uh, left about 18 months ago, after spending a few months trying to figure things out, uh, I decided to start this business after several conversations with friends, family. Uh, You know, I got home and I started doing some projects around the house and I realized that I wasn't really in, organizing my own life in the way that I had prepared so much in my 15 years of institutional preparation.
1: So here you are. You you created a solution for folks like you, and you have a business partner. So, That's uh, correct. So tell us a little bit about uh, how where you are right now in the journey of entrepreneurship what you do what your business partner does and then let's obviously talk about the product and the solution itself sure so we launched a business about a year
4: ago as i said uh product was launched a couple months ago and we just went live with our corporate console which we're really excited about and uh, we can get into that in a second mm-hmm. but uh i actually have two partners uh, one is uh full-time and one is uh, more of a senior advisor both here in chicago uh but yeah they're both great folks and we're both, uh, we, we all identified the issue together and decided to kick off the product together. So, um, yeah, uh, love to tell you more about it.
1: Yeah, so you're in the software space. So you have essentially created a virtual safety deposit box. That's correct. Um, where folks are storing their information. So tell us a little bit about the ideal uh, candidate for, uh, for Zoka Vault. Why would somebody use your system in this era of cybersecurity concerns? Why would people be uploading more into the cloud, not less? Sure. So... You know, cybersecurity is an interesting thing. Obviously, we all hear about uh,
4: you know hacking concerns. I've heard you know on several of your shows, you've talked about emails and and all that stuff. Uh, but there's more to it. There's availability. There's access. There's uh, you know any you know security into your into your account. There's ability to uh, you know secure your identity and, and and what type of information you're putting in there. And what we've really focused on is making sure that all of your information is as secure as it. It needs to be. If your information resides in email, if it resides in several different places, if it's in paper, in a closet somewhere, well, that's not secure for a different reason. And what we've really tried to do is make sure that all of your information, that either your family or your friends or whomever really needs to know it at a certain time, has availability to it in a a
1: safe and secure manner. Message heard loud and clear. We've all heard that analogy of the shoebox of information uh, when it comes to filing tax returns, but... There's an estate planning reason uh, to use uh, ZoccoVault as well. When you have a lot of family members and there's a lot of important information, uh, it's actually probably more secure to, to use a system like yours. And, and I know how hard you and your partners have invested in turning this into a solution that folks can be proud of and that people can trust. So tell us a little bit about, about who you are working with, which professionals um, have been talking about Zoka vault and really been impressed by the concept. Sure.
4: Uh, so getting back to one of your earlier questions, the this, the the product is perfect for families who are looking to make sure that their families are taken care of in all situations, emergencies, sharing that information securely with all of the appropriate family members. But who has this information? Our trusted advisors. Uh, many families work with uh, brokers, financial advisors, uh, trust and estate attorneys, uh, insurance brokers, uh, Tax accounts, they have all of this information in various disparate places and uh, getting it in a place that is easily accessible for the family that, you know, uh, if you asked various different family members, even who that trust advisor might be, they might not know. And so if uh, something were to happen to you or your spouse or, or, you know, trying to find the person who needs to know at that time, you know, would your, you know, let's say your son needs to take care of you in a certain circumstance. Does that person know how to get that information how to call the right person?
1: So we're chatting with Josh Levitt, uh, the founder, uh, one of the founders of Zoku Vault. It's uh, it's a great concept and a great entrepreneurial story of a uh, of a business idea, clearly addressing a need, and you're turning it into a reality. But Josh, as I asked. Uh, Justin earlier in the program what are the uh, what are the challenges and tribulations of of entrepreneurship that perhaps you're you you've learned along the way things that you wish somebody would have told you about before but you've learned the hard way and maybe you can guide and educate one of our other listeners
4: well sure this is one of the reasons I might be talking to Justin afterward but uh, you know I didn't spend much of my career as a salesperson uh, and so uh, getting out there and, and being an advocate for yourself and being an advocate for the business is really you know, it doesn't come second nature to some people, and I've spent as much time as I can getting better at it. Uh, my partner is, uh, is good at it as well, um, but uh, we, we've really focused on getting the, the, the business to where it needs to be, figuring out exactly who that right customer is for it, and, and getting the word out.
1: It's uh, it's very very true, and I think everybody has their strengths and and where they excel, and and once you identify that and you realize that's where you should focus, that's probably one of these the most enlightening moments of being in business. So time flies when you're having fun. We've about a, we've got about a minute remaining. Uh, Josh Levitt, Zoku Vault, um, I know you're in the early stages of this. You're talking to a lot of professionals. Where can other professionals contact you if they want to discuss this and whether it's the right fit for their clients? Sure.
4: The best place is the website, www.zokuvault.com. That's Z-O-K-U, vault.com. We're also on uh, all social. You can
1: find those on the website, uh, on Twitter, at, uh, at zokuvault. Fantastic. And uh, we are a show about uh, networking, and uh, this is about the Chicago small business community. So I always encourage uh, some of the best networking happens here in studio, and I always encourage folks to re- reach out, even just to chat. Everybody's very open to networking. Josh, uh, appreciate you joining us on the program. Thanks Coming up me. after the break, as we wrap up, well, we've got more tips, advice, and information to share. Don't touch that dial, Chicago. The time always flies on Sunday at 6 p.m. What a great conversation, starting with Justin Breen of Rapid Communications. We chatted with Captain James McCormick of Vets for Energy. uh, Chatted with Ed Bolin uh, talking about air traffic control privatization. Finally, Josh Levitt of Zoku Vault. I always leave inspired and passionate about small business and entrepreneurship, which leads me to the business tip of the week. It's time for the business tip of the week, which can be heard daily on the morning show. At 7.30 a.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. Let me be honest with you. In the past two weeks, I've made some big mistakes. If I was the only one affected by those errors, I could probably quietly and humbly accept them as necessary reminders that I'm far from perfect and hopefully learn a lesson or two. But my clients were impacted. Yikes. So in speaking with them, I was reminded of the importance of using common Simple words to clearly express myself and inspire conversation. So let me share those thoughts with you. What powerful words and phrases create clarity, lead to conversation, and build relationships? How about, I'm sorry? While this might seem obvious, I've gotten a lot of pushback in different talks that I've done over the years from individuals that absolutely refuse to use that phrase. These words are not only the best way to indicate that you recognize your responsibility for a situation and truly regret its impact, to the other person, as in I'm sorry, I forgot about X, Y, Z, but they also allow you to express empathy and compassion. I'm sorry you're in this situation, or I'm sorry to hear that. Often a sincere I'm sorry quickly and easily diffuses a highly emotional situation. What about thank you? As children, we're taught to use this phrase often, thanking relatives, parents, teachers for all that they've done for us. As we grow older, we tend to forget its importance. Thank you for your time or thank you for your understanding or thank you for sharing your thoughts. Those comments, those thoughts not only express appreciation, but they support strong and honest relationships with our clients and prospects. What about help? In my first few years of selling in business, I use this word several times an hour. I found it to be the easiest way to dissolve defensiveness, gather information and create re- and create relationships. Phrases such as I'm wondering if you can, or, I'm you can help me or I'm hoping you can help me or even I need help quickly engage gatekeepers and executive assistants. They also inspire superior customer service. When contacting your cell phone provider, bank, or other suppliers, and those are critical skills needed in small business. What about tell me more? This is my go-to open-ended question. When we want to hear and learn about a customer or a prospect, specific questions can be tainted by our assumptions and expectations, and they may limit what will be shared. If you say tell me more, it gives the other person complete freedom to express themselves. It serves and is most often accepted as an invitation to express what's most important. And finally, what about the term, I hear you? It's one thing to inspire conversation, another to truly listen. Everyone wants to be heard. I mean that everyone wants to be heard. When we genuinely say, I hear you, and share a quick summary of what we've understood, we've demonstrated a deep respect for our prospects and clients, and we build a strong foundation for long-lasting relationships. That's what this is all about, inspiring conversations. And hopefully those tips will help you in business. I know, as I said, I make mistakes all the time. I jotted down these thoughts as I discovered these terms that actually allow myself as a business owner, to humble myself and actually really inspire conversation. Indeed, these conversations have been inspiring. So I hope you learned a lot from our guests today on Get Down to Business. We'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM 560 The Answer with another fantastic lineup of guests, content, and information that will help you Launch your week, uh, even more successfully than the week prior. We are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We are powered by our good friends at Tandem HR. They are our solution center and they have a wealth of knowledge and information on their website at tandemhr.com, a great blog with tips, advice, on small business, on PEOs, professional employer organizations, on the ever-changing regulations of Obamacare. Check out their website or give them a call, 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510. And check out my website, shellamkline.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Klein. To success, let's get down to business.